All right, let's go. Let's go. It's a little bit of a different day, a little different feel because, and we joke about this a lot right here on this program, 90 Noon Every Day, the Plank Show on the Home and Sooner fans, is we have one weekly regular stop. Every Thursday, we're here in Norman, the heart of Norman, though is if you listen to this program with any regularity, you know two things. Number one, uh, just about every person that comes on this show is one of my favorite people. And number two, uh, everything is in the heart of Norman. Plank, where are you at today? I'm going to be over at Brown Shoe Fit in the heart of Norman. Where are you at today? I'm going to be at the garage. It's in the heart of Norman. <laughs> and, and I don't really truly know. Where are you at? I'm going to be over at uh, Marita Hines in the heart of Norman. But I guess whenever you think about kind of a centralized area of Norman, maybe maybe where Cavens is located isn't the best way to put it. But regardless, in the heart of Norman, we're at Cavens Construction on this Wednesday. So if your week wasn't thrown off enough by having Monday off for many of you to honor those who pay the ultimate sacrifice on Memorial Day, then we're here to throw it off even more by having our typical Thursday stop on a Wednesday. And I don't know how many people that affects. I know it affects me. I know it affects Amanda, uh, who is working that front desk, taking care of you here at Cavens. But here we are. Uh, Gary's going to join us at 10 a.m. this morning, 405-573-3048. That's the number, construction, roofing, maintenance, environmental. You name it, they do it. Plumbing, roofing services to the max, CavensConstruction.com. So, mobile, Caven Studios today, and I can't help but laugh as Josh Helmer joins us standing by in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Good morning, Josh. What's up from the heart of Norman? Good morning. The heart of, the heart of Norman, where the KREF Studios are located. Um, I... I don't. I understand the hook of the debate shows. Now, I'm just to be real clear. I'm not going to sit here and complain about debate shows for three hours today. I I get it. I understand it. That for some reason we're infatuated with people arguing with each other. Just look at social media. But as I'm as I'm watching this morning, I mean, it's the game's not till tomorrow. You have a full day to preview this game. And I'll admit, there's not a ton going on in the sports world right now if you're not a college diamond sports fan. Uh, If you're not into softball, you're probably tired of hearing about Jimbo versus Nick Saban. And even NIL conversations have kind of become tiresome to some. But it took us approximately, let's see, when when was game seven between the Heat and the Celtics? Sunday night? Is that right? I think that's right. Sunday night. It took us approximately 72 hours before we started a legacy debate about Steph Curry. I understand the draw of debate shows. Josh, I've never understood before a series starts trying to have a conversation about some dude's legacy whenever somehow, some way, the Golden State Warriors went from being one of the worst teams in the league three years ago to back in the NBA Finals. I don't think we need to have a legacy debate about what losing a Finals might mean. 
I think Steph Curry's in a pretty good spot from that. But, I mean, is this what we're supposed to be doing today? Are, are you supposed to take one side of this and yell and scream at me and tell me I'm crazy because I don't think it affects his legacy, and you're supposed to turn and tell me, oh, it absolutely does. Are we? Am I doing this wrong or something now? Because I don't get this. And yet these dudes that I'm watching are making like 12 and $13 million a year. What is the draw of a dopey, ridiculous conversation like this the day before the NBA Finals. What? Manufactured a little bit because it's just sort of what we do with, you know, whatever championships are involved. And, look, it will. It'll change Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green's how they're remembered a little bit, but not a lot of bit. Do you know who's catching strays like crazy this week is Kevin Durant. I mean, if you're – if you're an Oklahoma City fan, and uh, obviously Paolo Boncaro gave us something to talk about yesterday, which I want to get to in a second, but, man, you want to talk about catching some strays. I mean, it, it's almost as if you're watching a lot of people dance on Kevin Durant's grave. And I would imagine for some people it's a very joyous time in Oklahoma City. But I will say – when you realize who your partners are in this, there is a moment where you're like, eh, don't really. It's almost one of those things to where a dude that you hate, a person you despise, or a team that you can't stand, when all of a sudden someone else that you can't stand a little bit more starts piling on, that's when you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I I don't know if I want to be on Team Draymond when it comes. Even – I mean, even Kevin Durant is somebody that an Oklahoma City fan might have to stop every so often, and whenever it's like a Draymond Green or a Golden State Warrior or someone who's sitting there trying to kind of laugh and point at him, that's even that point where you're like, well, you know, it is. you were kind of the guy that sat there and begged and pleaded for him to come there, and it's not like you've won a title yet since he's left. Congratulations on getting back, but I don't know. It, it's been stray city, Josh Elmer for the things, the hands that Kevin Durant has caught. And, oh, by the way, it's not like he's sitting down and taking it lightly either. He's kind of part of the problem here because he just can't help himself when it comes to firing back at people on social media. Yeah, he's kind of always been that way. This NBA Finals for the Warriors, look, their place in basketball history – it's set. They were champions before Kevin Durant got there. Sure, They were champions while Kevin Durant was there. Now they've got the chance to remind everybody and be champions after Kevin Durant left there. So that's really, I think, what's most at stake here for Steph Curry and for the Golden State Warriors is to just add a little bit more to what their stitch in NBA history is, the dynasty that – is the Warriors. All of the Steph Curry finals MVP talk, I don't think, to me, that's not super important. I mean, look, with NBA fans, they like to debate Michael Jordan had this amount of NBA finals MVPs, LeBron's only had, etc. Steph Curry, oh, he's got zero, so that means he's not anywhere near those guys. Well, probably he's not near either of those two players' stratospheres in general, but this collection of talent at with the Warriors, who Golden State has been, it's it's one of the greatest runs in NBA history, and Steph Curry is the leading force behind that. So that's 
not getting stripped from Steph Curry whether or not they win this NBA Finals. But, again, he could add another ring to the case, and that would be nice for him. Man, I got sucked into the trap here off the top of the show, didn't I? I apologize. Welcome into the Plank Show. It is a Wednesday edition. Tomorrow is game one of the Women's College World Series for Oklahoma. And last night was a pretty special night. Jocelyn Allo became a two-time National Player of the Year. Jordy Ball gives Oklahoma back-to-back seasons with the Freshman of the Year. Do you know what's tonight, Josh? Something that probably slipped a lot of people's minds or maybe they forgot about? Tonight's the gold gloves in softball. Now, last night I was going, everyone, I thought the team-only banquets were tonight. So I apologize. I think I... I think Trey Linda had asked Trey Linda Kurt asked on Twitter about if there is a stream, but there they've never really streamed this event with the naming of the player of the year and the pitcher of the year. It's always been something that was pretty much team only. And I, I still you know, I I still think they would be surprised by the numbers they would do if they made it a little bit more public and maybe maybe there's a maybe there was a stream out there for somebody and I just missed it. But it was um They've always been about just for the team on that, from my understanding. And tonight we get gold gloves. And if Grace Lyons doesn't win a gold glove tonight, I'm honestly going to lose my ever-loving mind. I just want to make that very clear. You've seen meltdowns on Twitter's on Twitter. Usually it's over, what, mask mandates or some sort of political entity. Josh... Tonight, if Grace Lyons doesn't win a gold glove, I'm going to have a meltdown of uh, Trumpian proportions if Grace Lyons doesn't win a gold glove. Just warning you right now. You may want to take my Twitter account from me. I may give you my phone after this show and my laptop so I don't go off if this doesn't happen. I mean, she has to win a gold glove, right? Has to. I think I think you're safe. I don't think there's any okay. any upcoming explosion from you here of frustration i think that i think you're all good i think she's going to get just that did you um did you see they had to cancel everything today for the fans i hate that but we are in a bit of a we're in a bit of a severe weather cycle and we got a lot of rain last night but my, my hope is, and maybe I need to check in with one of my weather friends, one of my meteorologist friends, but I hate that they had to cancel the open practices today for everybody. Um, in fact, I'm going to Oklahoma City as soon as this show wraps up to get as many interviews as I possibly can. But my hope is that everything can get out of here, right? I, there is nothing, especially – with a new schedule this year. Josh, you think I'm already confused with what the new schedule is for the Women's College World Series? Imagine if you throw a day that gets banged by rain or you end up getting a game delayed to where it's, oh, no, we're not going to be able to play it. And the good news, I think, is that percentage chance of rain really dips on Thursday and Friday. So we're going to see some rain at some point today. But there's a 25% chance tomorrow, a 15% chance on Friday. The maybe bigger issue would be if you won your first game and you got to Saturday. But 
I, I again get that vortex effect, whatever it takes, because how many times have we seen weather truly affect the schedule? And it can be the great equalizer. I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer that if that Florida State Oklahoma State game is played at a normal time last year, I don't know if Florida State wins it. I really don't. And you know, you get a game that's done at two a.m. It's ridiculous. And as much as they're being smart with the schedule and they've added in the, the drop-dead times and they've added in the, the days off, Josh, you get a rain delay and you push some of these late games back, oof, you're suddenly again putting yourself in a dicey situation. It totally changes it. Totally changes it. Weather, by the way, probably cost Oklahoma a national championship against Alabama. Oh, yeah. But that's, Absolutely. that's neither here nor there. What time were all the fan festivities set? for today tonight i got it um no it was actually this afternoon whenever everything was going to get going on that front huh seems like seems like they would have been okay to do it i mean most of the most of the severe weather looks like it's getting in around four so let me see here hold on i've got dude i have so many i have so many okay here you go today is wednesday right yes um it looks like it looks like the open practices are all day. It was going to be like 11 a.m. until 8 o'clock tonight. Okay, well, that makes sense. Right. So they were going to start just basically opening the gates at 11 a.m. Uh, on the main field, and then you could just sit there all day long. So that, that kind of sucks if you're going to go out. Oklahoma is set to meet with the media at 12.55 today. So that's when... Coach Gasso, I'm sure uh, Jocelyn, maybe TRA, maybe Hope, will all be on the press conference side of things. But, uh, yeah, they did say that if there was inclement weather, they might push up the first press conference. So maybe all, all the time can change. But regardless, weather's going to play a factor, it looks like, tomorrow. But it definitely has already played a factor here today. Now, we – are not going to sit here for two hours and 45 minutes a day and talk about the weather. Let's talk about the awards. And when we come back, we'll get into a little Jocelyn Allo, Jordy Ball talk. Because I, I think that was some of the easiest voting that has ever taken place for, a, uh, for an award in the history of college softball. Also, huge recruiting weekend on tap. I guess, I guess it didn't even register with me until – I listened to Parker Thune talk about it yesterday right here on The Ref. So we'll dive into it next. That's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is the Plank Show. Hey, want to hear from you. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, thoughts on the Women's College World Series. Things that maybe have jumped out to you. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Also, you can hit us up on the law offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Pick up the phone and give us a call, 405-329-9000, or on Twitter, at Plank Show, at Josh on Ref. By the way, last night I retweeted I retweeted the Jossie Player of the Year graphic, and my response was, build the statue. And I keep forgetting, man, how some people get so mad with the idea that there could be something other than just football players that are immortalized on campus. And I'm not trying to pick a fight with 
the one guy who got mad in my mentions about it. But and and we didn't we have we did this show a while back, right, Josh? Where we talked about how when Love's Field is built, you know, what do you do to completely and totally tip your cap to the history of what Patty Gasso has done and the players who have come before you, right? And I'm not saying everybody needs a statue, okay? But you start looking around and, you know, there can be more than just a tip of the cap to the Heisman winners. And it's pricey, man. Listen, it's not cheap to build a statue. Not everyone has the money that apparently Woodward, Oklahoma does where there's a statue on every corner. And I love that city. That's not an odd. So it's just don't get mad at me. I'm not trying to disrespect Eisman Park, but, I mean, you're talking about a head coach who is now competing for her sixth national championship, back-to-back for the second time. And, Josh, they should have won their sixth national championship already. Weather and the NCAA ripped that one from him. And what was that, 14? But I just go to 15 World Series. 15. In 28 years, I'll do the math for you. That's more than half of the years that Patty Gasso has been the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. So don't get mad at me when I say you've got to find a way to immortalize her when it comes to that stadium. And don't get mad at me whenever I say you have someone that just won back-to-back Heismans in softball. And you... We're on fire. I'm going to say we, okay? OSU, Tulsa fans, don't get mad at me. I mean, come on. I'm going to say we. We're on fire right now at Oklahoma. I know that Chris got her up in the heartbreak of yesterday is still fresh in a lot of people's minds for men's golf. We'll talk about it a little bit later on in the show. But you just had someone that essentially won the Heisman for golf. And now you have someone that's won back-to-back Player of the Year awards in softball. You've had... I mean, you've had two freshmen that have won back-to-back uh, freshmen of the year. And listen, Jordy Ball, we'll, we'll get into her health, isn't going anywhere. I mean, she's going to be as good next year, if not better, even because she is not going to rest. Even if, let's say Oklahoma doesn't win a title. I mean, you think that that's going to lead to any less fuel for, for Jordy Ball next year? So she's going to put herself, I think, by the time she's done in rarefied air in a Sooner jersey. But, I mean, I just, I spend a lot of time in awe of what this team is doing. I'll start. I was going through notes last night. I was going through notes last night. Do you realize, Josh, that as this season is heading down the home stretch, that Jocelyn Allo is in the midst of a 10-game hitting streak? And... While that might not seem like a massive number to many, um, there's fewer games where she hasn't, at the very least, reached base. I think it's like two games all season long than you could ever possibly imagine. She's absolutely on a tear heading down the stretch of the season. And in that, in that 10-game hitting streak, if you include the numbers from the – why do I keep wanting to say Saturday? 
If you include the numbers from Saturday's finale with UCF, she is hitting almost 600 in this 10-game hitting streak. Think about it for a moment. The total number for Jocelyn Allo during this 10-game hitting streak has her at 17 for 30. Now, I have my handy-dandy little calculator here. Oh, hold on, 17 divided by 30. She's hitting 567 over the last 10 games of the season. And in that run, over the last 10 games, she has 17 runs batted in and six home runs. In the postseason, in the postseason for Jocelyn Allo, she is... Nine for 14 with 11, uh, with 10 runs batted in, and she scored 12 runs and has hit four home runs. That's in five games, Josh. She's got 310 career runs batted in. She's one of five players in the 300 RBI club. And I want to say the record is 328. I know I, I put a tweet out about this. Maybe if I, instead of sitting here trying to mathematically do my notes, if I just looked at my own Twitter account, maybe that would help me out quite a bit. But I, I mean, I, I'll say, I think, I think she's the greatest hitter to ever play the game. And I think the second greatest hitter to ever play the game, maybe 1A even in some people's minds, was Lauren Chamberlain, who also played for the Sooners. I mean, this is the kind of run that you just don't see. This is not normal, people. It is incredible. So whenever I say things like build the statue, that's not demeaning anything, okay? That's not taking anything away from anywhere else on campus. It's a magnification of what's going on with a coach and maybe one of the greatest players we've ever seen in this program. It's unreal. Josh agrees. I do agree. And all of the different qualifications that you just ran down, it's incredible. You know, it won't be determined by her candidacy in that regard, build the statue, how we should remember her. It's not going to be determined by this championship run. But No, 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 no. It would help, right? It, Josh, it help. hold on. We're not, doing, we're not doing debate shows right. We're not doing debate shows right. Does this World Series run affect Jocelyn Allo's legacy? 405-329-9000. I say no. What do you say? Is that how we do it? I say yes. Come on. Give me $13 million. Gotta, Let's go. Got to be on opposite sides. It would put Jocelyn Allo, though, in that category of Sooners that won multiple championships while at Oklahoma. Not many. There's not many. It's, and that's not a knock. It's just it shows you how hard it is to do. So kudos to Jossie, man. And there was some concern that maybe with the late season injury that you might not get a chance for Jordy Ball to win freshman of the year, that maybe some of those who vote on this would hold it against her. But I thought it was – I thought it was really cool to see that the 
I mean, I, I'll watch a lot of softball, guys, okay? And I'm here for you if you want to be learned up on exactly what has taken place. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is, it's it's really good. It's really good, this class of freshmen across across college softball. But there was one person who was elite. And it was Jordy Ball. And she deserved it. And I'm glad to see she won it. All right, you guys are checking in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Anything else that kind of caught your eye from that last night, Josh? Oh, what caught your eye? I mean, no, nothing necessarily okay. specific other than the awards that we saw for Oklahoma. Yeah, okay, that's kind of what I thought. I mean, it's just I, I, I knew there was some concern that maybe Jordy might not get it when she deserved it. But there's no question who the best player in college softball was this year. So I'm happy that I'm happy that Jocelyn Allo got the respect she deserved. All right, quick break. Um, it is up on. Uh, there's really good stuff rolling in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Also on the law offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000. You can also hit us up um, on Twitter, at Plank Show, at Josh on Ref. Maybe I should be clear. Uh, it wasn't a fight in my mentions. I know people are like, where is it? I, it, it was a DM. I'll sh- I, I, won't, I will share it without sharing the dude's Twitter handle, but I don't think he cares. It's, it's one of those first name, lot of numbers afterwards, right? Heisman Park is special. We don't need to be building a statue for everyone. Okay. It's fine. But there's also things that are being done right now by student athletes in this sport that haven't been done, period. By the way, Jocelyn Allo, two-time player of the year. And what – did you see – is this one of those short bumps? I I want to make a point about something we tweeted yesterday at KREF Sports. We'll get to it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Jocelyn Allo joins Rachel Garcia, Kehlani Ricketts, Danielle Laurie, Kat Osterman. Actually, Kat won it three times as the only multiple winners of the Softball Player of the Year Award. Which is kind of wild because the last player not named Alo or Garcia to win the award was Kelly Barnhill in 2017, which shows you the domination. Alo is, and again, it's two players, but is the fourth Sooner to win the award in the last 10 years. And in that mix, in that mix, kind of shows you how diverse the sport is becoming with two Oklahoma players and then a UCLA player. Uh, you had two Florida players, a Florida State player, and a Michigan player. I say how diverse, how sometimes the lack of diversity is there. You still have some of the dominant players playing for some of the big brands. But uh, congrats to Alo. She earned it. Uh, before I – you know, I'm going to – Gary's going to join us at 10 a.m. I wanted to do – and I'm going to save it till tomorrow because we'll have more sound. Is it – I'm all about you guys, Josh. I'm all about the people. Is it worth it tomorrow to say it 
And because Joey's still going to join us at 11 tomorrow, right? Or will he be knee-deep in softball? I don't know why he wouldn't. Okay, okay. Would it be worth it tomorrow to say at 10 a.m., I'm going to give you a preview of all eight teams in the Women's College World Series. Is it worth it? Or is that to the point where people are like, bro, I only care about Oklahoma. Quit trying to cram all these other teams down my throat. I think it's probably people only care about Oklahoma, but I say we do it anyways. (laughs) Is it it like when I'm watching a college football conversation and they gear away from – uh, anything Power 5 related sometimes. I'm like, hey, unless you're talking about Tulsa, I've got no time for this conversation about Ball State. Can we move back now, please? <laughs> quit, cram- quit cramming the Mac down my throat. Okay, we'll do it because we'll have tons of audio tomorrow from it. And before we get to the phones at 405-329-9000, that's 405-329-9000, did, you, did we get the conclusion that everyone wanted in Jimbo versus Nick yesterday? Are we good now? Because I don't know why, uh, just following this, I mean, SEC Network was pretty much on live yesterday. I was listening to a little ESPNU radio. And did did people think they were going to, like, throw down and have some sort of screaming match with each other? Or, Josh, was that what people were hoping for? That's certainly what I was hoping for. I wanted a full-out, full-on fisticuffs right there with all the other representation and from the SEC. But, again, you know me, Plank. Uh, that's just my wrestling background. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Whenever you love wrestling, that's kind of what happens. It just absolutely, positively takes over, and you want to see everything turn into an absolute brawl. It was funny, though, just the the way that whole sequence of events. I mean, obviously, neither one of those two guys is going to lose it and, you know – turn this thing into a manager at home plate with the home plate umpire situation. You know, it's like nobody's getting in the other guy's face and screaming and spitting and yelling. It was never going to get to that point. Jimbo Fisher soft. I told you that the day immediately after it, (laughs) the weakest move of all time for him to call that stupid press conference. He's not a bully. He's a baby. Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, everybody, Cooler heads will prevail. They'll shake each other's hands at midfield when they play that game. It's There's nothing to see here. I think you just summed it up beautifully. But I will say some of those subtle little shots that were taken, like with Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin said we're much more professional in, in person than in that room than we are outside of it. I thought that was a low blow. Uh, how about what Drinkwitz said, the Missouri coach? Drinkwitz, Drinkwitz said, I usually, they they line us up in alphabetical order is how we sit. And he always gets stuck next to Leach. And that Mike Leach is constantly talking to him. And he's afraid that they're going to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like my, that sounds like my eighth grade, ninth grade science class, man. I kept waiting for Mr. Carter to yell at me. Yes, and I really had a Mr. Carter. That was my, my, my science teacher whenever I was in high school. Um, or Mr. Hageman whenever I was in eighth grade to throw me out uh, because the person next to me, Wayne Phelps, would be talking too much. And, of course, you know me, I couldn't help but get in in that conversation. Usually it was fighting over, gosh, probably something Cardinals-Dodgers related. But, yeah, could you imagine Eli Drinkwood, still relatively new to the SEC, right, going into his second year at Missouri, 
and you're in that meeting and you're still kind of trying to get to know everyone, and all of a sudden Leech is in your ear and just doesn't shut up. Sounds I think I kind of dig that. It sounds awesome to me. All right, True Sooner, welcome to the show. What's going on, True? How are you? Good morning, True. I'm, I'm sure you didn't talk a whole lot in high school, Blank. Sure no, never. Never, never, never. all that never. kind of stuff. Hey, so I got a couple of questions. So it's good. Well, our statement question, whatever. But although it's going to be interesting to see how they pitch to her in the World Series, and if they pitch to her, I mean, um, I mean, some some think they may not. You know, ESPN was going off on a tangent last weekend saying they won't pitch to her. So I, I, I think the better teams probably will. I guess they're all good, but. That's going to be interesting to see, you know, as far as how they how they deal with her. I I, then, I guess my big question would be on that, just real quick, not to try yeah. to cut you off. No, you're fine. But you're fine. I, you know, you look back on Saturday, and I right. don't know if that was the right call to pitch to her with the base open. But guess who's on deck? Someone who has no, now hit 50, 50 home runs in two seasons. So yeah. I mean, you're not you're not getting a break because of of pitching around her and then pitching to T.R.A. Jennings. Now, uh, T.R.A. had an 0-3 game on Friday against UCF, and everyone acted like she's been in some kind of slump. But she's had multiple hit games in three of her last four games and has driven in, uh, has scored four runs and driven in three during that stretch. So she's feeling it right now. I'd say by and large she's probably going to get thrown to. I think so, too. But situationally, I, I could see a spot here or there. Where where teams don't. Well, and, and and also, I mean, they you know they can always they can always act like they're pitching to her and throw them all outside like they've been doing. I mean, of course she can she can hit those too. So um, you know the, the the unintentional intentional walk, I guess, is what they is what they call it. Um, but okay, Josh, last year you saw a Jordy Ball pitch. Uh, I know this is this is for after the World Series. Nebraska Gold, right? So is Kirsten Dill, will she be on some kind of a situation like that where she comes here to Norman at some point, do you think? Or do you know? I, I don't know. That's a good question. Because I would sure like I, to go check her out before. I think last year was kind of unique yeah, I do for that too. coming well, through Marina Hines. I, you know, I'll double check today. I'm going to be out there all day today, and I'm sure there, there is someone who could clarify on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Or just but, Oklahoma City. I mean, anywhere. Yeah. Shawnee, yeah. you know, I mean, anywhere nearby. Well, they're doing – so Here, here's one way that you could probably see her. They're doing the uh, Alliance All-Star game again this year. So I there's still a really, really good chance that she would be in that and would come through here. But I'm not going to pretend to understand the travel right. softball yeah. world by any stretch of the imagination right now. Will you guys keep us updated if you hear something on it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then one the more, people one more will quick, keep us more, updated. I bet you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. One more quick. One more quick thing. I know this is a lot to unpack, but one more quick thing: the professional yeah. softball league that was supposed to be uh, that Lauren Chamberlain is the commissioner of that right. office is supposed to be in Oklahoma City. Has that fallen through like the XFL has, or is that still happening? Because the way I understood it was, it was supposed to start in June. No, no, no. It, it hasn't it? fallen through. No, no, no. It hasn't okay. fallen through. Um, as a matter of fact, I was just I was just talking to Low a couple weeks ago about it. There, I that's the league where Jossie was the first pick, right? Okay, okay, okay. 
So sure. yeah, I don't think it's yeah. it hasn't fallen through. It's just here here quick take on it. And I appreciate your phone call, Larry. Right, so thanks, man. I I think what people are finding out is and and it's the WPF, which is um as Wh- I understand women's it, professional fast pitch. Right. It's it's an and it in, it includes the pride and the, the the vipers coming together is there's a lot that goes into it. And it's not as easy as just saying, Hey, we're gonna start a league. So yeah, no, no, no. It's it's rolling, but it's it's a process. And I think oh I just saw that they've got a couple exhibition games that are coming up too. Yeah. They're gonna head to Oxford, Alabama. And the Pride are playing some – a Team USA softball and the national team who's working in conjunction with them. And the Pride are playing some exhibition games down there in July. So they're starting to put things together. I, I don't – and you still have the Athletes First League, that CC that Kelly Clifton plays. And, in fact, funny side story, I was talking to CC after the game on Friday, and she doesn't get to go to the World Series because they're playing – exhibition games so there's going to be a lot of opportunities i think that's going to continue to grow for professional softball but i just i i think you've got to put them in college softball hungry areas i i just that's that's how i feel we need to have a team in oklahoma you need need a team that's playing in in oklahoma city you need to have a team that's playing probably in places like gainesville and you need a team that's playing in places, and I know that it's a challenge in L.A., but you need something on the West Coast. So we'll see. I, I Listen, no one's going to be more driven to try to make it work than Lowe and the group that she's put together. But, yeah, they're planning on getting rolling in June. So, And it's June now. <laughs> so we'll see once the Women's College World Series ramps up uh, what happens. Hey, we've got a short segment when we come back. I want to play a game of how you're being duped. And I don't know if you really care. But I just, it's very frustrating to me, and it's something that triggers me, and people fall for it every single time. I'll explain next. Um, okay, real quick, I just, by the way, I miss, Jim in Arlington sent a great tweet yesterday, or text yesterday, and I want to, I, I hate going back to, like, yesterday's show, but I want to reference it to kick off hour number two. And Gary, who is in training today, uh, and he's going to tell us about it. It's going to swing by real quick at the top of next hour. But I'm going to tell you two things where you're getting duped, and everyone falls for it, and no one cares to dive into the true story. Um, and it's just it's a magnification of what's wrong with social media. All right, number one, I am uh, – I don't – OutKick gets tweeted into my timeline probably more than anything else, okay? And I've never seen anything that gives you more bull, BS headlines than OutKick. It's true. Number one, here's what ESPN benches Arkansas radio host for calling a player a stupid A. Now, again, what is everyone ready to jump on, Josh, whenever it comes to far left leaning sports media? Mark Jones, how dare you? And again, I'm not here to have a political side of it, but everyone, MS ESPN, right? It's like MSNBC, only it's for sports. First of all, ESPN had nothing to do with this radio host getting benched, it was his local ownership. But go into go into the mentions on this tweet, and what is it? No surprise, ESPN, being the left-wing liberal people they are, 
And I'm like, yes, I'm not here to defend ESPN, but in this instance, it's it's an ESPN radio affiliate. It's a local station owner that sat the guy out, and he should have been sat out because it was a bad take, and it was a really cheap shot. And if I would have said something like that, I'm pretty sure Casey and Brian Vineyard would have sat me down. So, number one, it wasn't ESPN. It had nothing to do with ESPN. They're an affiliate of it. That would be like saying Fox Sports Radio uh, is benching Chris Plank because of what he said on the Plank Show. They have nothing to do with this station. They're an affiliate of it. Number two, go to break, yeah. Number two, um, Nick Saban never reversed course. This whole idea that, I mean, did has did people not hear the audio from the day after? I mean, literally, Josh, immediately the next day afterwards, Nick Saban said, I never said anyone did anything wrong. I should have mentioned institutions. They took advantage of the rules, and there are no rules. That's the one thing. I mean, we laughed about it on this show because, Josh, what did Nick Saban never really do? Apologize. He never apologized. And that's the funniest part of this whole thing. He said, sorry I mentioned institution names, but he doubled down. Never did anything wrong because there are no rules. And yeah, everyone's, oh, see, Nick Saban reversing his course. Nope, never did. Never did. But we all fall for it every single time. Do you buy that from Saban? Oh, absolutely not. But he's been consistent with his message. Quick break. Back for hour two next.